Warning! The Bone Bad Joe is intended for adults only and contains bad words and other yucky stuff that may make some people very angry. So watch out! Hi! Do you like comic books? I don't. But I own Comics Empire 2000. Pew! 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 We have all your favorite heroes from Disney, Marvel, and Dick, like Super Guy, the Fantastic Fork, the Dark Man, and his sidekick Robert, the Uncanny X-Men, and there's nothing funny about them, the Green Lamp and his corpse, the Justice League. Girls, do you like Twilight? We can watch it back at my place. Hey, if you like funny books, I've been told you should listen to A Little Dead Podcast. So go to alittledead.com and hear comic book magazines and about horrors. Don't forget to come by to the shop. It's located three blocks off the center of 9th and Main. You can't miss it. It smells like paint. And visit alittledead.com. Bone Bat Podcast, where you can listen to Steve and Gord. It's a kick-ass digital broadcast, where we've got dick jokes galore. Bone Bat! This is Vaughn from Motion Picture Massacre, and you're listening to the Bone Bat Show, you fucking cocksuckers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 40 of the award-losing Bone Bad Show. This is Steve. <laughs> and this is Gord. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm coming down with the sick again, but I'm doing all right. Cool. <laughs> well, we have a guest with us once again, Vaughn from Motion Picture Massacre. So how you doing, man? Um, fine, I guess. It's, it's about the snow, like, shitload um, here in the East Coast. I thought it already snowed shitloads. Yeah, that was the snowocalypse. Now they're doing snow Mageddon. That's today. I know I'm, that that's how they're doing it on the local news too, right? Oh my god! Snow Mageddon, film at eleven, storm shadow, whatever the hell. It's <laughs> Wait, you're Storm-feet, being attacked by you you're, suck. you're being attacked oh by ninjas. 
No, we have a GI no, ninjas. There's a local. There used to be a local weatherman called Storm Fields. Mm. And she's like, what? Did, oh. Was that his real name? Did, did yeah, his mother was, name him that? That was his real name. And he was like one of the bigger weathermen back in the day. Man. Oh. If my mom named me Storm Fields, I would punch her in the mouth. <laughs> right? I think that was, that was Bill Fields' real name, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, Bill. He went by Bill, though, because, you know, yeah. he didn't want to stand Yeah, you know what? If my name was Storm, I think I'd go by Bill, too. Sure as hell wouldn't <laughs> go by Gordon. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, our band tonight, you've been checking out the song Investigated by the Supersonic Soul Pimps from Seattle. A uh, little funk action, which uh, we have never had, I think, on this show, correct? We've had funk. We've had soul. Yeah, soul connection. They're soul. I don't know if they're funk so much. Anyway. Well, the, uh, where do you draw the line between funk and soul? I don't know. We'll have to ask somebody who is more into labeling their music, I guess. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, we'll be checking them out. We'll talk a little more about the band later. Thanks to the band for uh, letting us uh, play the stuff. Their new album, The Return of Dr. Wonderbread, comes out on Valentine's Day, the day this podcast hits. So enjoy. Oh, this is the love episode, right? It is sort of the love episode. Because we love. But, but by love, we mean the kind you clean up with a mop and bucket, right? Yeah. Because like we lost love. Catacombs of Egypt. <laughs> now, oh speaking God, of love, didn't you just get yeah. married, Vaughn? Yes, yes, I did. Congratulations! Oh, congratulations! Yeah. So, Thanks. so Thanks you're really the, the uh, fake enthusiasm. You know, we, we've been phoning in Valentine's Day for years. You're the only one who actually has to come through this year. Oh God! No, no, no. <laughs> actually, I've already came, uh, so to speak. <laughs> whole Valentine's Day thing. No, because like. We uh we got married on the seventeenth, so it's almost a month. Oh, honeymoon's over. Get it? Oh, yeah, honeymoon's over as soon as we got back off the plane in Jersey, and it was like <laughs> thirty-one degrees. We came from Antigua, which was nice and eighty, into like Jersey. It's like, oh fuck! <laughs> it's just like, oh my god, can you believe it? But like my 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 wife has got a, a slight obsession with Morrissey, mm-hmm. and we got home like. I think it was maybe that night we got home and I'm sitting online, like going through all the, the blogs I normally read, mm-hmm. like just trying to get up to date from like the week, last week I missed, which is kind of cool when you're in a country that your phone that can be secondary as a, a computer mm-hmm. uh, doesn't work. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I have nothing to do. You've been cut, well, I mean, you were on your honeymoon. Surely you had something to do. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> Besides, besides drinking, get you know, besides getting fucked up and you know, occasionally humping, um, there really wasn't much to do except like sit in the beach and like sit in the pool and drink mm-hmm. and fuck. So <laughs> I think you know, it's, 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 I was ruined because I sit around also and read blogs. Pretty much, okay. I like, I like, you know, I like, I'm like George Costanza. I like, uh, I like having my 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 food and my sex at the same time. <laughs> you got big sandwich under the covers. There. <laughs> I got, the, I got the laptop under the covers, able to read my email as I'm having, as I'm doing the old in out. <laughs> so anyway, you playing Sudoku like on her back. What? Slingo, I'm playing Slingo on her back. <laughs> anyway, I get home and I'm going through all this stuff, and you know, it'd be different if you had a netbook, but using that big desktop PC. On <laughs> oh God, I hope she doesn't hear this. Uh, Wait, it's a, this is a podcast. You won't hear it. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Picture a big CRT monitor balance. <laughs> the old ribbon paper coming out, like right up the top. <laughs> What's that? Uh, passion. <laughs> oh, shit. So 
I get, I, we get home and I'm checking this blog out. Um, well, I think it's called Super Punch. And they have this thing about um, Valentine's Day stuff that they're just, they post links. And this guy was selling this custom made Ouija board with Morsi's fat head on it. <laughs> which I, I, I'm a fan of Morsi and the Smiths, but I'm not particularly like my, my wife's obsessed with it. And she, she saw it and she's like, oh, I want that. I want that for Valentine's Day. I'm like, oh, God. Because originally she was like, oh, we'll just buy cards. We'll go out to dinner. Fine. And then she's like, oh, oh. I was like, okay, fine. Because you know the whole thing. I think it's a Smith song that is called Ouija Board, Ouija Board. So she was automatically like losing her shit about it. <laughs> I guess that's better than Girlfriend in a Coma. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> so you're going to be the same. So you're going to let her get what she wants this time? Oh, no. I, yeah, good one. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Morrissey. Morrissey. And almost got shot out of the park. <laughs> uh, so I, I picked this big beast up, and I, I, it got delivered a couple days ago. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's awesome to look at. And because she's very, um, what's the word, flighty, she doesn't really pay attention to anything I'm interested in, which isn't hard because, you know, it's like I'm a big horror fan. So it's like, oh, you can give me anything. But like she did this one year, one Valentine's Day. She bought me a bunch of movies, and I had all of them. Oh, oh damn. That's stupid. You know, and she and she was like she was all pissed about it. I was like I was like, honey, you can just go upstairs and look in the room and see if I have it and not buy it, you know. She was like, Oh, I just went and quickly bought stuff. I was like, Okay. And it was like year one. So since that she's been really kind of like gung ho on trying to find me something different. She leaves me like notes now, like just like texts, like, Oh, what do you want for Valentine's Day? I'm like you know, and I respond to her like, you know, rudely. I'm like, I want to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> And then she, you know, and then I get home and we're sitting there eating dinner with her mother and father. And she's just, you know, giving me the uh, death eye the whole time. <laughs> Maybe like, you should. Now, I'm, I know this is out here, but stay yeah. with me. Maybe you should try um, not being a dick. <laughs> oh, that's not nice. I mean, just try. I'm not a big fan of Valentine's Day. I think Valentine's Day is just one of those, you know, those. That old cliche that it's just a card holiday, it's just another holiday made up by... Uh, no, my know. wife and I don't even celebrate it. Neither one of us gives a shit about Valentine's Day. It, it, it's absolutely not anything that happens around here. My, my mother, for God's sakes, right? My, my mother, I'm, I'm a 29-year-old man. My mother still wants cards for Valentine's Day, Christmas, her birthday, um, St. Patrick's Day. And it's like, Jesus Christ, woman. <laughs> <laughs> like, Valentine's Day alone, I like... I, like, I put that stuff on my foot last year because I'm like, your husband, my father should be giving you something. Why the hell do, 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 do me and my two brothers have to buy you cards like every Valentine's Day? Start yeah. buying her erotic Valentine's. There you oh, go. God. That'll put e- a stop to e- it. Email her a fisting video or something. <laughs> Valentine's <laughs> fisting. <laughs> oh, I still love that video. I don't care. Dude, we've we hit a new low for the podcast. This is it. This is the new low. Yeah, this right is here. totally not staying in the show. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, like, you know, I'm the new guy here. You guys yeah. have been married for, you know, I don't know, like 30, 40 years now. Yeah. Because you all, like, you know, the clans, you have multiple children. Can you guys give me any kind of advice? Um, no, so, it's too late. So, You're past the point of where I could have given you good <laughs> advice, dude. Oh, not do it? I'm like That's what everyone else keeps telling me. Oh, really? You're, uh, There's some old, old advice that's good. Don't go to bed pissed off. Oh, I try not to. That's, that's you know, what a good works one. out for my wife and I is that she works a graveyard shift and I work during the day, so we never actually see each other. It's the same mm. way our podcast works. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, the people that like me the best are the ones that don't have to actually be around me. <laughs> yeah. So try um, to work out something like that, and you'll have a long, happy relationship. There you go. 
Oh, I wish. What about you, Steve? Anything good besides go home? Go, don't go to bed angry. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I don't know. I was a dick tonight, so. I, I kind of, I'm a little bit in the doghouse right now. You know, some of the, some days I guess you just come home from work pissed off. And yeah, what do you, what yeah, do you, you know, here, here's the advice. When you say something really asinine and like right at the end of it, you kind of become aware that you're being asinine. Don't be all proud and let it go. Just like actually own up to it. Go, you know what? That was asinine. I'm sorry I said that. I, I was, I was fucking up. I'm sorry. Because that, that has actually saved my bacon a few times. And very recently, like yesterday or day before yesterday, I said that just the, the meanest, stupidest crap. Like, right as it's leaving my mouth, I'm like, why am I, what am I doing here? Am I trying to piss off my wife? Because that's the only thing this is going to accomplish. Yeah. And so I, I apologize shortly thereafter, you know. And there was like no aftermath. There were no repercussions after she stabbed me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and chocolate. Chocolate usually works. Chocolate is yeah, that's that's a big one right there. Although what the yeah. fuck random with chocolate? The... Here's something. Here's yeah. something. Random chocolate. Just randomly buy flowers. Not not on holidays. You buy them when they're cheaper, and then <laughs> just because you know. And then you'll in her mind, you're, you're like the sweet guy. You just buy her flowers for no reason, and then she won't expect them on the you know like around Valentine's Day when the price of roses goes up five hundred percent. Yeah, when well, you know the thing is, the any like day about... after work, just you can swing by the local graveyard. <laughs> Pick a couple of flowers and then take them to your wife, and she'll thank you. Right. The one thing I like about my wife um, is that she's not particularly a flowers fan. Mm. Like when we did the whole the whole wedding thing, as we were working up on it, we, you know, you have to get florists and you have to get them to you know to do the the flowers and the corsages and all that other crap. Me and her were like really pissed about like the price. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. and like because w- with with our wedding, we didn't have to worry about paying for. The, 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 the space, you know what I mean, where mm-hmm. we were having it. Her parents take care of that, so it was like the old school way of doing things. Right. Yeah. Which is, which is cool. But we had to take care of everything else, like the limo, the photographer, the videographer, DJ, and the florist. And out of everybody else, the florist was like the most expensive. And we were like, and, I, and me and her were like, do we really need like all these flowers? <laughs> like they're going to die like in a week. <laughs> and like it took her, my mother and her mother to be like, uh, if you want nice pictures, yeah, you're gonna have to. It's like, ah, shit. <laughs> they can't Photoshop in some flowers. Yeah, right. Just put some like you know those pasted flowers things, with stickies, right on the corners. So yeah, like, like the kind you put on your bathtub to keep you from falling yeah. down, <laughs> or the ones that kids put on the wind sh- the windows in your car. Yeah. Like and of everything, like it just was such a piece of shit. Because, in, in all honesty, by the time we got back. Like from honeymoon because we went a couple days after our wedding. Every all the flowers were dead. Yeah. Like her her mother was like, oh, these ones stayed for like at least three days. Like three days. Well, three you know days. what? That actually happened. The same thing happened to us where we had a similar deal. Uh, Julie's dad took care of the the boat. We got married on a boat, and a then boat. Uh, yeah, we t- it's kind of moored here in Seattle, and then we took uh, <laughs> we took care of everything else. And uh, there was a bat mitzvah right before us. We kind of didn't get a lot of flowers. And the bat mitzvah before us left everything. So the place Aww. looked like a florist, and we didn't pay for any of it. Jesus. It was nice. awesome. <laughs> you got married That's like jujitsu. Yeah. Jujitsu. <laughs> That's nice. So thank you, you to the Leibowitz family. No, I don't even know who they are. But <laughs> <laughs> Gordon was there, though. He, he was true. on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Right there, on a boat. Where'd you get married on a... Like I got a, married in a vineyard. A vineyard? Look at you, fancy California boy. Look at yeah, me. My wife worked for the uh, winery, so we uh, we got married right there at the winery next to the vineyard. It was uh, 
had a had a reggae band come and play. Reggae? Yeah, Strictly Roots plug it. It's very cool. Oh, God. Listen to you people. (laughs) (laughs) Wife walked down the aisle to uh, Joe Satriani. Not live. Really? Yeah. Wow. Surfing with the alien, which was kind of weird, but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why he picked that song. Well, I was going for Satch Boogie, but they put something else. All right, well, uh, let's let's move on to start talking about what pisses us off. Well, why don't yeah, let's let's do it. What pisses us off, man? Who wants to kick it off? I'll I'll kick it off. All right, do it. You know what pisses me off? What's that? I am now the owner of a minivan. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that do it. If I had balls before. And my whole yeah. life, I've driven very small, zippy little cars, and now I'm behind the wheel of a minivan. I can't park that thing for shit. <laughs> I mean, I, I am bad. I am terrible. You know when you get stuck behind some bitch in a minivan that can't park it? I am that bitch. <laughs> I actually hit a car today, backing up. I, 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 and not like I couldn't see it. It was slightly off the side. I T-boned the damn thing. At a, at a very slow rate of speed, so there was no permanent damage. I did it in front of my kid's school, in front of witnesses and everything. Just, Jesus, shit. Beautiful. I have to park in parking. I pass up parallel parking places. There's no way I'm going to attempt that. Like, you know, regular parking places. I'll pull in, I'll get out and go, damn, that was bad. They're part of the vans <laughs> hanging over one of the lines. Pisses me off. What happened? I can, Up until this van, I considered myself a good driver. Now I think I suck. Most people, I think, have the attitude of like a brontosaurus that just anything smaller will get out of my way. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny, actually, I have been behind in the last month twice. uh, There's a series of one-way streets in Redmond that go, you know, the first one will go south, the next one goes north as you come into town. And twice in the last month, I've been behind a minivan that has tried to turn into oncoming traffic right in front of me. Oh, God. <laughs> at the exact same intersection. And I sit there and I'll, like, honk at them, but they, they never figure it out. They never learn. <laughs> no, it's like as soon as you get into that thing, you lose 30 IQ points. <laughs> no How kidding. many kids? Why, wait, why did you get a minivan? Well, because my... Uh... My car died, and we kept thinking we wanted a bigger vehicle for to throw kids and camping stuff and ski gear and, you know, just a bunch, just a big vehicle to throw everything in. Cause you bought a minivan? bought a van. I, I drove some SUVs, and I just, I opted for the, the Toyota Sienna What, did you minivan. just close your eyes and point in the park, in the, in the <laughs> lot? That one. Oh, fuck, I lost. Oh, minivan. He was going to go for yeah, the, the yeah. black windowless, like, uh, Chevy van. Yeah, the, uh, the Chevy <laughs> Rapist. Like, like it is a big black van. Yeah, the, you know, no, the, it's, it's the one you want to be seen van. picking up kids in front of an elementary school. In. Yeah, with a, with a sign on it that says free ice cream. <laughs> it's got the Get Shorty automatic doors and everything. It's, uh, I'm a soccer mom now. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Vaughn? What pisses you off? Yeah, you have like three hours. <laughs> uh, everything. <laughs> like, like, Can you narrow it down? So here in the East Coast, we had a brutal uh, snowstorm on Saturday. And the job I do, I'm a postal worker. They gave us the opportunity, like if it was too hard to work, if there's too much of a problem to work, you can come back after a couple hours. You try to do your best in your job mm. and come back and go home. That's About great. Eight, you just had kind of a fuck it clause? For, yeah, fuck <laughs> it. Pretty much. Um, but like 90% of my office decided to go in within like two hours. Uh-huh. 
And like me and like 10 other guys were the only ones who stayed and like worked the whole day, busted our asses. And we get back in the we get back at the end of the day and they're like motherfuckers and they're like, yeah, well we did tell you if you couldn't finish you could have went home and it's like it was fucking easy because no one you know everybody's hidden in their homes trying There's to keep warm, the yeah, pretty much lighting half their houses on fire trying to keep warm, <laughs> and it wasn't even like that bad. We get bad snowstorms here like tonight supposedly we're supposed to get like another one like I was you know it's like back to back and everybody's freaking out which I, I love watching the news and they're like oh we can't even get snow shovels. Why do you already own half snow shovels? <laughs> it's like, no, it's like mostly like New York. Everybody's concrete. So it's like, but you think somebody would have a snow shovel in the city. It's just yeah. like, we ran out of snow shovel, snow blowers. Like people are buying like dirt shovels that like pretty much shovel up snow. It's like, oh yeah, it's going to work. My father-in-law has already got like a, a game plan. He's like, when you get up, we're going to do this. And I'm like, what? I ain't doing nothing. He's like, we got to get this done. We got to get the cars out. I'm like, where are you going? Seriously. And he's like, oh, I just, we need, we need to get the cars out. I'm like, we, it can wait till like two o'clock. We don't need to do it at nine o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning. You're not waking me up. I'm so they don't have this. anything like if you don't shovel before noon or whatever that you can get ticketed? No. Okay. No. Yeah, why no. do it? Well, they, they, yeah, that's what it was in Michigan. They had that because the mailmen, you, they, you basically had to have your walk done before the postal workers could come. Oh, you're, you're lucky if people freaking <laughs> people shove at their walkways and whatnot around here. They do it out of courtesy, but for the most part, you, you, you'll you be walking, and all of a sudden, it's just like, ah, ice, fall, break your ass. It's just a fun, it's a lovely day. That's the one thing I like when it's like a big snowstorm, because no one no one bothers with you, especially like in the area I work. I work in a, a bothersome area. I could, kind of like a project kind of area. So like, you know, when checks come, I have to pretty much fend them off with like a stick. <laughs> When I get to your house, stop bothering me. You know, as, as you're trying to bullshit with me, and I'm just like, I don't care about anything. Just let me get my job done. I just want to go to lunch. So you've been a you've been a postman for a while, huh? About five years. Yeah. So you basically like every day in a way you sort of like see a little bit of how people live, and you know you, uh-huh. you almost have a snapshot into people's lives. Like, what's the craziest shit you've ever seen? Crazy. And besides being chased by dogs. Um, <laughs> Which is never a fun thing. And they give you, like, this little thing of dog spray, right? Like pepper spray? You should be able to carry a sawed-off shotgun for that. You should be able to carry a bat, yeah. But they give you this little can of dog spray, which is, like, mild pepper spray. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it doesn't work on the big dogs. So, like, the Rottweilers, um, like, the big, scary dogs that, you know, the ones will chase you. So if you see, like, a chihuahua, you can spray it and kill it. (laughs) Like like a mosquito or something with off. Bite your leg. It's like you spray it, it just irritates the crap out of it. That's what it does. It's like, oh, great. And now I have to run as fast as I can. Can I climb up this tree? I don't care how fat I am. I can climb up this tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Um, the weirdest thing besides, what is it? Besides seeing, like, full-on car accidents or, like, cops nail people with uh, on bicycles thinking that they're carrying drugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I've seen that. Like, a, you'll see, like, an undercover cop. The guy's, like, speeding down the street on his bike. All of a sudden, you just see an undercover cop just hit the brakes and slide sideways. Like, and this is the middle of, like, a suburban area. And he slides sideways in the car, and the, and the guy on the bike just slams right into him, lands on his, on his hood. Oh, shit. And they're in the middle of the road. They're in the middle of this main road, and they're just bullshitting. Like, they get the guy back up, and he's all fine. He's, you know, they're dusting him off. And they, they're just sitting there talking with him, like, for, like, a good half an hour about, like, where you going, why you going so fast, blah, blah, blah. Because the area I work in is kind of... Like, it's been known to have drug relations going on throughout the years. 
you know, and they're diverting traffic from the other streets because you're just like, eh, we're going to sit here for a couple minutes. And like an hour. I come back and they're still talking. It's like, what the fuck? Are you kidding? I need to get around. And it's like, how the fuck? It's just, oh. You're an actual courier, too. Yeah. Um, the story, I've heard, I've heard, like, carriers getting shot back in the day. Like, when the, the older guys who work in my office tell me about stories about other carriers getting knifed or shot for their mail. <laughs> like, like oh. He's like, oh, it's a much better time now. It's like, oh, yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be here. Not only, and like, the, I think the one, like, yeah, I don't want to be here 10 years ago. Sorry, that was only five years prior. So, like, oh, great. So, 1990 would, would have been a, 95 would have been a bad year to be a carrier in this office. It's wow. like, oh, yeah, great. Awesome. But I don't really want to talk about my job anymore because uh, I hate talking about my job. Good enough. You know what pissed me off? This morning, what? I go out to my truck, going to head to work. And some motherfucker walking down the sidewalk snapped off my aerial antenna off my truck. Really? Oh. It's just like half in. It was, it was already kind of messed up because I at one point had gone through a car wash with it. Oh. You know? <laughs> and so it, it fucked it up. But, you know, I kind of bent it back and it, it was fucked up. But it wasn't broke off. So and somebody, off. yeah, somebody snapped it off. And we always hear like teenagers out at like midnight. You'll hear him walking up down the street talking, and I just know mm-hmm. it was one of those little fucking kids. Yeah, he's and reached out. Snag. Fuck yeah. you, fuck whoever did that. I am so tired. I mean, that that my poor truck's gotten egged before, and I don't mess oh, yeah. with the teenagers in the neighborhood, but holy <laughs> shit. It, it's uh, one time, like, somebody put a bunch of those dumb Zero Skulls uh, bumper stickers on the back of my truck, like three of them, and I had to scrape them off. Wow. Just... Fuck off with that shit. Anyways, so that, that happened, totally that happened to me with those stupid kind of uh, stickers. Yeah, just w- why? You didn't, you've got nothing better to do? Go yeah, we, find we, a hobo to buy you beer or smoke out or do something. <laughs> just leave my truck alone. Jesus Christ. I think it was a Thanksgiving Eve one uh, one year, a couple years back. And they these kids were roaming around putting like vivid alt stickers on everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what vivid alt is, right? No, Vivid's like a uh, porn company. Vivid's a porn company, but it's like one of their like alternative, oh. like Burning Angel, like Suicide Girls type thing, yeah, where it's like yeah. girls are all tattooed and shit like that. Well, they must give these things out like candy. And um, they, this kid on on Thanksgiving Eve was just stickering them on everything. And I get to my car, and my two side mirrors are covered in them. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. You know, I'm, I'm with like four of the drunk people. I have to drive home. And I'm like, I gotta clean these things off. And they're like, I don't know. It's just, it's a scene to see three drunk guys try to peel stickers off a car. <laughs> right, yeah. When they're falling over and it's rainy or icy and you're just slipping and falling on their asses, laughing at each other. <laughs> Fucked uh, by a street like, team. Ain't that brutal. That's yeah. like, I'm so pissed off about that shit. Yeah, there's, there's been shit going on in our, I mean, we live in kind of a, you know, a, a residential neighborhood. Where it don't have right. too much in the way of crime. But then right before Christmas, it's about 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning, and we hear the front door, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> and I'm like, what in the hell? You know, I'm all groggy, and I don't have my contacts in. I can't see shit. And I'm in my underwear. And so I'm like, trying to get myself together to go answer the door, and Julie Julie gets up and goes to the door and kind of does the, who is it? You know? and Because uh, <laughs> she's tough L.A. It's the police, ma'am. Open up. Oh, God. So no. we, we open the door, and uh, her car is sitting in the front driveway with all four of the doors open and the back open in the rain. Wow. Oh. 
And so, you know. Maybe she should start locking her car. So the cops are there. We look up the street. The cops are there. And, yeah, well, you know, with the kids, who knows who left it unlocked. But <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But, yeah, so it's sitting there in the rain all open. And uh, that night they'd hit, like, 23 cars in our neighborhood, all unlocked, going up and down the street. And the police found out about it. They said they got a call at, like, 530 in the morning from a guy who heard some kind of rustling outside by his vehicle, and he knew he had left his cell phone in the car. And so he called his cell phone, and all of a sudden he hears it ringing and then running up the street, his cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how they knew it. I guess they were looking. It was right before Christmas, so I think they were looking for gifts. And they didn't get anything from us. My son's backpack with his homework was, like, thrown across the street in the neighbor's yard. But, you know, we don't leave anything valuable in the car, really, so there was nothing for him to get. I, I can never understand people who do that. Who leave like cell phones or like their wallets in the car, or, like any yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't leave shit in the vehicle. My mother leaves her Garmin in the car, and I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" She's like, "I lock it." I'm like, "You leave it like on the hook." I'm like, "They're gonna break your window one of these days, and you're not even paying for this car. It's a lease. You don't want to have to fucking deal with a broken window." She's like, "Oh, maybe you have a point." And then the next time I go over the house, what the hell? The Garmin's right there. I'm like, "Hello." Don't you fucking listen? <laughs> Why? What's wrong with it? I like, oh, God, never mind. Like, I, I don't know. Like, my, my brother is kind of infamous for doing that, for leaving, like, a cell phone and getting it jacked, mm-hmm. like, when he's not paying attention. Because he'll leave his, he'll lock his car, but leave his windows down, like, overnight. Oh, that works. Makes no fucking sense. <laughs> and then, he, like, he can't find his phone, and he's like, oh, I left it in the car, and, and where he lives, it's not a, it's not a great neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So somebody must have came in, and he called it, Oh, this happened one time a couple years ago. He called it, and the guy actually called, like, picked up and said hello. Like, and, like he was like, um, where'd you get this phone? And, like, the kid was, like, pretty much giving him a whole load of bullshit. And, you know, he, he pretty much cursed the kid out, hung up, and then called up his cell phone company and had it promptly disconnected. Right. right. But, yeah, but the, they must have been, like, a 20-minute conversation of just them, like, arguing back and forth on, like, that that's not his phone. Like, you know, like, the... Uh, Kind of like the rabid duck season, like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got a voicemail, a little extra what pisses us off this week from uh, our friend Limo. So uh, let's give a listen to that. Hey, guys, it's Limo here. Long-time listener, first-time caller, or something like that. So I have a what pisses you off or what pisses me off, as it were. So, uh, some weeks ago, I was paddling my canoe, which I do fairly frequently, on a nearby ditch, a.k.a. Sammamish River. So, I was paddling upstream, and sometimes, every once in a while, people sort of point at my canoe and point at me while they're jogging or riding their bike along the trail because it's kind of a weird-looking canoe. It's made out of carbon fiber and all this business. It's kind of a specialized craft but this one guy was kind of waving his hands at me and so i stopped and looked over and he screamed uh, to me you're scaring the birds said this in a very loud voice and uh, i actually was just completely dumbfounded and you know nothing came to mind Uh, usually i i can never come up with a good comeback line until like a week later but uh, in this case i was just completely shell-shocked and wasn't really sure what he was getting at, except I saw that some um, heron had, I had scared a heron away, basically. It flew away. So that encounter itself wasn't what, what pisses me off. It's 
you know, I, I wanted to have a snappy comeback. So the fact that I couldn't uh, have a snappy comeback was is something that pisses me off. But even worse, though, uh, the the thing is, as I've been thinking about it and subsequent paddles, I'm actually starting to think that maybe he's right. Maybe I am intruding on the the wildlife, and it's not really my place to be going around brandishing a paddle and making scary paddling noises and scaring birds <laughs> off. So what? really what, what pisses me off is the fact that I'm starting to think that maybe I'm in the wrong and he's in the right and that I shouldn't be doing these things. <laughs> so anyway, that was one thing. I've got another. I've got a list of what pisses me off here. As long as your tape keeps <laughs> going, you can uh, look through ah. it. Um, the other thing is this, this kind of goes along with um, paddling a little bit. I listen to my MP3 player when I'm out paddling, and one thing that I hate absolutely hate with a passion are earbuds i hate earbuds and the problem is if you go into any store these days all you can see are earbuds for mp3 players i i, I have a really hard time locating any uh headphones that are like the old style sports walkman you know around the head uh on top of the head thing that stay in place, never get jostled out, like the sports kind, the Sony sports kind. I love those. But you cannot find anything like that anywhere except on the Internet. So I tried to get these at various drugstores. I can't. So that pisses me off as well. Another thing that pisses me off, there are guys at work uh, that I work with day in, day out, who, because we have a, a subsidized athletic uh, gym membership thingy, uh, we have a subsidized program there. Folks will frequently go to the gym and, and do their business uh, during lunch or, or afterwards. But one thing that kills me is when the, these guys will drive to the gym and then sit on an exercise bike and get their jo- you know get their exercise in through uh, bicycling. When in fact they could just go ride their bike to the gym and do some weights or something like that. I don't know. Uh, something about the, you know, the craziness of driving somewhere to ride a bike is just insane to me. So that pisses me off. And I think the last thing is uh, car mechanics that are sucking me dry uh, because of a, a simple lack of trust that is, has gone horribly awry. So I don't really like uh, cars very much. I don't drive them uh, to work or whatever. And if our car ever breaks down, I usually just uh, write a check. I don't even look into what the problem is. I, my uh, <laughs> wife will tell me, yeah, it costs this much to get such and such uh, replaced or fixed. And I just, all I hear is wah, 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 wah. And I just write the check. Because I'm, I'm not too interested in that sort of stuff. And I just sort of fundamentally trust that these people will not take advantage of me. However, recently... Um, I had to pay some ungodly amount for some repair that I still don't uh, really care what happened, but it was something to the tune of around $900 or something. So we walked in there to pay on Saturday and to pick up the car. And I swear to you, the moment we stepped in and we got our checkbook out, you know, you could almost see the receptionist hit this little buzzer uh, underneath the desk. And sure enough, within five minutes, this very, very posh, upscale lady, you know, in high heels and bling and all of this business and perfumed and 
you know, uh, power suit kind of waltz in and is obviously the shop owner's wife who uh, then just kind of struts around like a peacock. And this moment of clarity came over uh, me and my wife, and that was, oh, I now see where my money is going every time I pay for one of these fixers on the car. So I started to burn inside. So we got the car home. And you know, nine hundred dollars later, or whatever it was, a it had problems starting. I don't know. I still don't know to this day exactly what the problem was. And so things were fine. I was able to put it out of my mind. But sure enough, last night my wife tells me that uh, the car would not start for around five minutes. She tried at our mailbox, and oh. I am now very, very pissed. And I guarantee you that when we take it back on Monday. To the repair shop, if they don't fix it completely free of charge, I will make it my life's work to make sure that no one at Microsoft uh, in my division ever frequents that place again. I will personally picket that uh, garage, and everyone on my floor of that building will know that they are crooks. So um, anyway, I'm kind of worked up about that, so I need to. Um, go to a Super Bowl party now and uh, be married. But anyway, that was uh, a couple of my what pisses me off. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Oh. Thanks for calling, man. Holy shit! Hey, wow. Limo. Can Vaughn even conceive yeah, of a world where people paddle listener. carbon fiber canoes and startle herons? That was just a great way to start that. Whole <laughs> so let's see if we could come up with some comebacks for him. So the next time, hey, you're scaring the birds. Well, you can't see the bird anymore, but you can always suck my cock. <laughs> I was just thinking about, hey, you're scaring this bird, and then just flipping him off. That's pretty good. I got your bird. How about the classic, eat a bowl of dick? <laughs> <laughs> why, why Why? the hell did he, like, like had an epiphany right after the guy's like, oh, scaring the birds. He's like, well. How about eat the corn out of my shit? I know. <laughs> Like, well, you know what? Maybe I am scaring the bird. Here's a, I shouldn't be paddling this bizarre thing around the... Uh, nah, that's horseshit. Here's the thing. You f- know, a canoeer, how loud is he going to be? He's quietly... <laughs> he's listening that? to headphones. He's quietly rowing up the slough. He's not making any noise. The guy who yelled at him probably yeah. made three times more fucking noise than Liam did rowing. Absolute yeah. bullshit. He's only scaring fucking birds. It's yeah, not- you know what he should have said? He goes... Darn! I'm trying to sneak up on him so I can paddle the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that guy, Limo. Yeah, that's just just plain out douchebaggery. That guy. Oh, you're scaring the birds. It's like fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Run, you fuck that sucker. guy in the ear. No kidding. Yeah, can you so imagine any single person in New Jersey confronted with that situation, not just launching into a tirade of profanity oh. right back at him? No In all honesty, if you saw a guy paddle, paddle like using a, a canoe on any of the uh, the water around here, you'd be pretty much screaming <laughs> and get out. It's like you, you pull the oar out and it's all eaten away. You're gonna yeah, die. He, might, he might transform to something. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake. But that's, I mean, that's how it is in Seattle. Everything's like politically correct. You'll get like looked at funny if your lawn is too green in August because you're like wasting <laughs> water. I mean, there's a lot of bullshit that goes on. It's way too politically correct. And that kind of shit. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm as for animals as you can be. And yet, I think that's bullshit. 
Deep fried the bird. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck uh, it. That's the one thing I love about living on the East Coast. No one gives a shit, and if you start with anybody, <laughs> the only they're going to do is just curse you out or shoot you. <laughs> curse you out and shoot Good you. Lord. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah, the, the mechanic he's talking about, I've been to that mechanic. Their waiting room is nicer than more, most doctor's offices. Yeah, right there, that's a sign you're at the wrong mechanic. You know what? My mechanic is awesome. He approaches every car as if... It's his car, and he's trying to get it to where it works and spend the least amount of money. Mm-hmm. Great guy. His waiting room is roughly about six inches by four inches of plastic <laughs> chairs. It is, yeah, it's a couple of shitty chairs, right? Yeah, yeah. Then you know you're not overpaying for a waiting room. My mechanic, if any time I go in there, like I was just in there a couple months ago to get brakes, mm-hmm. and he comes up to me like like a, like a really annoyed father just shaking his head at me. He's like, he's like, when was the last time you got these brakes checked? I'm like, uh, a couple of years ago. And he's like, and he just makes you feel bad because he's like, come here. And he walks you over. Does he, and he, he show you? He like shows you the know. old he, brake pad that's all pulls, fucked up. He pulls, yeah. the pa- he pulls the brake rotor off and he's like, look, look at this. <laughs> you should be fucking ashamed did, of yourself. Did, did you even try? Like, did you even try? Like, come on. And he's like, and he's like, you know what? I'll work out something to get you a good price. But don't don't fuck this up again, please. <laughs> just kind of like shake his, and then he walks back to the office shaking his head like, uh, yeah, and that's awesome, you know. And it's still like one of those places where like it's like him and another guy who run the place, and they're always there at like six o'clock in the morning. It's kind of like an old barber shop. You ever been to a, like a decent barber shop where there's always two old guys busting on everybody who walks in, and that's hit, that's how this friggin' this. Oh my uh, god, you is. your mechanic is click and clack. Yeah, pretty much. One of the Tappet brothers. Yeah. Oh, it's the only reason I like going there. I wish I was like one of those. I wish I was retired where I could just hang out all day and just like pretty much bust on people. One day, one day you will. One day. All right. All right so, so you got a political rant. I'm, I'm launching to my political rant now. Do this, please. I'm listening to the radio. I'm not. I'm not going to go off on this. So for very long. But first of all, horrible thing. Listen to the radio, and they say that they're they're thinking about ending the don't ask, don't tell policy, and they're looking at the armed forces and, and figuring out what to do. And yeah. one of the first things they're going to do to allow gay people to serve openly is they're going to start polling the soldiers. <laughs> like, polling? How do they spell polling? <laughs> so seriously, radio people, if you're going to do something on Don't Ask, Don't Tell, think right. about your words. Now, really, what, my political rant is this. Every once in a while, one of my well-meaning friends will send me an email or, or say something to the effect of, they're responding to my, my left-wing liberal ways as they see them. They go, like it or not, Gordon, this nation was founded on Christian conservative mor- morals and values. And the more the country is turned away from the values, the more it's become a shell of its former self. And nowadays you have teenage pregnancies, metal detectors in schools, a nation that's losing respect worldwide. And this wasn't happening 30 or 40 years ago. I get several variations on that theme directed to me by by people I like that are just trying to like steer me in the right way. And you know what? I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. You've had teenage pregnancies as long as you've had teenagers. It's just always been that way. The word bastard wasn't invented 10 years ago. And this country has always had to worry about its reputation. And it's, it's always been a little bit scary here. And it's our nature to look back to a simpler time a safer time that just didn't exist. Yeah, there's no such thing as the good old days. There they aren't. I mean, today we look back to a pre-9-11 world, right? You know, people talk about the Reagan era. You know, the enemy was the Soviet Union, and we were kicking their asses in the Cold War, and that's how we remember it. 
I remember back then. And my parents were pining for the 50s because during Reagan, interest rates were like 18% for a mortgage. American industry was on its ass. The Japanese were selling all the cars, using the money to, to buy up American landmarks. We were scared of the Japanese. And the Arabs any, had us by the balls. Anytime we could get nuked by the Russians. Yeah, we were scared shitless of Russian nukes. And, and during the Reagan years, I mean, we were scared of ourselves. Nancy Reagan was telling us to just say no. And terms like super predators were being bandied about to describe our disaffected youth or, or whatever. And we were passing laws to make it easier to go to jail for longer because things weren't like they used to be. And as for our national reputation, shit, El Salvador, Guatemala, remember that? I remember our teacher came back from Europe and he he said, you know, you don't realize how bad your president pisses people off until you travel outside of this country. And, you know, honestly, that was better than the Carter years with the Iranians taking hostages and the Middle East taking a collective dump on our Pontiac's dashboard. <laughs> the Russians are running roughshod over us every time we turn around. But we, we were longing for the 50s, which were a peaceful, conservative, Christian time, and everything was fine. Yeah. Unless you happen to be something other than white or straight or Christian. Or a child. Or a child. And the truth of the matter is in the 50s, we are so scared of ourselves. We had the House of Un-American activities is going full tilt boogie after anybody who might just maybe possibly be some sort of a red. And shit, in the, in the 50s, we were scared of our next door neighbor. He might be a secret communist. And our kids were practicing action drop and duck and cover, waiting for the atomic bombs from the Soviets to fall. To the worst. And in the 50s, we, we were longing nostalgically for earlier days, for the days of what? Cowboys and Indians, and frontier justice, and Hollywood was making a mint by churning out all these Western movies because that was a time of simplicity and conservative good American values. It goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. And there's never been a perfect time. And good. life has always been messy and scary. And that perfect Christian past that people want to go back to never existed. But how far back do you want to go? 1919, there were bombings. Not one or two, there were 30 bombings. Americans were getting pulled out of their homes and lynched in the street in the 1890s. I mean, how's that for fucking terrorism? Can you imagine? It's like hundreds of people this was happening to. You go back further, in the 1880s, there were riots in Seattle and Chicago. At one point, we had such a steadfast, conservative, Christian culture that was non-existent. We actually went to war with ourselves. Well, can you imagine this shit today? Whole cities, whole American cities were on fire. The deaths in the hundreds of thousands of Americans. I mean, imagine that. That was a time when we had prayer in school. And both sides of that conflict were leaning on, you know, harkening back to a, a, a simpler day, especially in the South. And that was more than 30 or 40 years ago. And both sides were saying the same damn thing as we're saying today, that things are better in the past. Right. Yeah. This, this country was founded by conservative men with conservative values. Uh, they were demanding the rights of Englishmen when they founded this place. And they wrote slavery right into the Constitution. They didn't let women vote or even wear pants. Freedom is messy, man. And we've been confronted with a scary, complicated reality. And we always yearn for a safe, conservative, homogenous, fictional past. Ugh. It doesn't exist. And you're fooling yourself if it does. And that is my political rant. I would like to see cities fight with cities. Like <laughs> Which that. two cities would you like to see go at it? Um, I'd like to see the collective workings of New York City fight with um, Rhode Island. That would be beautiful. Wow, that would be an ass kicking. 
But the thing is, like, I like I always say this to people when we when I when we go into Manhattan, like to see shows and whatnot. I'm like, I'm like, you know, this town could really use an Eno. Like, just burn it to the <laughs> ground, start fresh, just whatever. Because it's all old buildings and all these fucking scumbags walking around. You just burn it down, kill everyone in the, in the Gamma <laughs> Island, start again. Reboot. Wow. I, I think like Bonds I, made, I made it. Yeah, I know. I said, I said the terraces maybe had a good idea, but then it's like <gasps> too soon. I'm like, what? What, what? That was like last week. It's like they still haven't rebuilt the goddamn buildings. There's still, you know, still big fucking crater in the middle of Manhattan. It's like, oh, we're still fighting over who should do this and like who should pay for this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that that's really a, a pretty embarrassing situation. <laughs> Somebody was telling me, it's like, oh, we're doing really well with the with the war. And I'm like, did they rebuild the Twin Towers? No, we still lost. <laughs> it's been like almost 10 years. We still lost. Like, but we're losing the slow There's a crater in Manhattan. Fucking figure that one out. Yeah, but it's a really nice hole. <laughs> oh, it is. Have you been there? No, I can't say that I have. But oh, I've seen pictures not, of your hole. It's not a place you want to really hang out. <laughs> and like, look around. You, you get really depressed when you walk down there. It's like, oh, yeah. This happened. Great. Can we go back up to FAO Schwartz? Come on. I don't want to. I don't want to see the big teddy bear. Yeah, please. It's like, can I get some wild wings or something? I, I can't. <laughs> I can't deal with this. You know, can we get pad thai? I don't care. Just get me away from this goddamn hole. <laughs> That's the way I feel about Steve. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's our political <laughs> rant. Uh, I do have a question for Just Ask Gord this week. Oh, uh, someone sent us a question? This comes from Jude. F- Jude M. from Chitrus Heights, California. <laughs> he says, if there was a land of funk, who would be allowed to live there? Bill Clinton or Elvis Presley? Well, Clinton was way more funky than the Presley. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, if there was a land of funk, I don't even know if Bill Clinton would be allowed to get in. Mr. Presley most certainly would not. <laughs> I, I guess they'd let Bill in to, like, sweep the floors and stuff. I think George Clinton would get in. Yeah. With a yeah. get right in card, so. <laughs> I think that was a trick question. Neither one of those guys would get in. I don't know. All right. I did have yeah. one last other piece you know, of... It's a city of overhyped white people. No, they will both get in. Oh, Los Angeles? <laughs> Are white All right. people in Los Angeles? We, we did have one other bit of uh, feedback. This is from Tim W. Uh, Steve, just wanted to let you know I really enjoy your fucking podcast. There have been a few times that I've followed up on a band that you guys have introduced me to. I just wanted to return the favor. Check out the Pine Box Boys. My personal favorite right now is Tardy Hearse. They have three MP3s for free download on their website, Tardy Hearse included. To get you started. Thank you again. P.S. My dick is so big, I've only seen the head in pictures. Tim. So, the first thing I have to say about that email is that it's Steve's damn show. Um, gorge your own <laughs> yeah, where's the fiddle. gourd? Yeah, no, I know. I'm fine with that. Steve does all the work. You, you're just supposed to bring it And he actually likes the music you guys play. Yeah, today. that's that's not too shabby. Well, if you play but, uh, a diverse enough set of music, you're going to get something that somebody likes every once in a while. Yeah, you'll hit somebody in the head with something, yeah. Exactly. If you throw I, enough rocks, you'll hit I somebody. I did check out the Pine Box Boys, and it's like, it's bluegrass, but all the lyrics are, are like, so it's bluegrass mixed with Nick Cave's Horror Ballads album. So it's bluegrass with a blue streak. Yeah, it's just pretty fucking cool shit. So definitely go to pineboxboys.com and check them out, folks. It's good stuff. I was just listening to him, by the way, Nick Kane. Isn't oh, that a great cool. CD? Awesome. Well, awesome let's record. check out a, uh, another tune from Supersonic Soul Pimps. This is called Funkenstein.
All right, this uh, that was Funkenstein from Supersonic Soul Pimps. So you know how I usually try to give like a little bit of a band bio when we do this sort of thing. These guys are like a mystery wrapped in an enigma, wrapped in a fucking sweat sock or something. They're that <laughs> funky. I couldn't find shit. This is what I found. Alien mother, earthly pimp. Three humalians are conceived. Papa pimp dies in the heat of cruel alien passion. His humalian triplet sons learn to play guitar, bass, and drums. Taboo, intelligamus, and auto eroticize are adopted by Dr. Wonderbread, the reclusive scientist who orchestrated the bizarre mating experiment which brought them to life. The human scientist and keyboardist Wonderbread, together with his therapist-slash-legendary Tuvan banjoist Chemo, corral the Humalian stepson's musical prowess into the supersonic soul pimps with a mission to spread their peculiar musical gospel to the remote nether regions of the globe and beyond. <laughs> okay, did you just read, like, the back of a, like, a mecha anime? Like, what the fuck was <laughs> Kinda that? Kind of sounds like it, doesn't it? <laughs> All I can find out about them, they actually formed back in 1992. They've released wow. a, a, they've had two CDs out originally before now. Uh, so, Albino and 3SP, along with a live album. And on Valentine's Day, they're releasing their first new album in, I think, like eight years, which is The Return of Dr. Wonderbread, uh, which uh, has the tune uh, Investigated, which I really dig that we kick the show off with. So uh, you guys will be able to buy this uh, very soon on Valentine's Day. By the time you're hearing this, you can swing over to SupersonicSoulPimps.com and pick this up. The prices on their C- on their uh, downloaded music is really cheap. You can get Albino and 3SP and Live for like 5 bucks. I don't know that the new one will be much more expensive, so check it out. You know, you're not, not much cash outlay, and you can definitely get your funk on. Good shit. All right. They keep saying the funk, the funk, the funk, but what they sound like to me is the tubes. They sound like the tubes with uh, a healthy dose of camel toe thrown in. Yeah, I don't hear. I, other than the kind of quirky uh, lyrical nature, I don't the, hear the, the band camel toe. By the way, the tubes at all, <laughs> not the actual <laughs> really? camel toe. Oh, yeah, that tube sound to me. Yeah, no, the tubes to me were much more white, and I don't oh. mean that in a bad way. Being white, hey, you know what? Some of my best friends are white. Honky. <laughs> Honky. So, Vaughn, talk to us a little bit about Motion Picture Massacre. Okay. <laughs> it's like you just ask him about some uh, some strange polyps on his rectum. <laughs> um, Other than yeah. his podcast. So, dude, I guess, uh, how did you get started in, like, extreme film? I don't know. I've always, as a, as a kid, you know, you kind of read, you know, when you're reading magazines, stuff like that, like uh, Chaz Ballum, who just died, uh, like, last year in December, he was a, a big influence on me. He wrote uh, a couple of books called The Gore Score. And uh, horror Holocaust, mm-hmm. which were um, and Chaz Ballin used to be a writer for the Gore what used to be the Gore Zone, which used to be another Fangoria mm-hmm. magazine back in the day. He also did um, the line. He did the like liner notes on a lot of CDs, like the uh, Grindhouse releasing stuff, right? Yeah, he, a lot of a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the Grindhouse stuff, like the one for I think Cat in a Brain that just came out, or the, like this. You know, he he wrote a lot of great stuff on all, all these really you know extreme horror movies back in the day. And he was probably one of the first guys to uh, open my mind to the Italian cinema, um, especially like '70s gore Italian cinema and stuff like that. Like Argento and, it just kind and of, Fulci and, and stuff I, like and that. And just as a person, just delving deeper into that crap. Mm-hmm. Like I just been more interested in the more extreme, even if it's really crappy. 
you know, like if it's badly done, as long as it's something interesting, I'll, I'll watch it at least once. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, I've always been like a horror fan since I was a kid. So it's always been kind of interesting to see what else is out there just besides what's made in the States. Was so, there a particular um, film that you saw the first time that kind of opened your eyes to that sort of thing? Well, when I first seen, when I first saw the Beyond, um, it blew my mind because it was just like it was so much going on mm -hmm. in that flick, and it was just like holy shit. And like I was, what was I twelve when I saw that film? Really? Oh wow! Like yeah, I, I saw that for the first time like two years ago, so I can't imagine how that would have you know hit me as a twelve-year-old. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was it was bizarre because like I knew kids that I grew up with who were like really into horror and they would like read Fangoria and whatnot. And like, I, I, I just kind of thought them as really being nerdy nerds. You know what I mean? Like just kind of dorky horror kids who were like, they watched all the Stephen King films and they like, they knew all like the legitimate horror stuff that was coming out. And as I started separating, starting going towards Italian horror and like the Japanese stuff that was coming out, like straight to video, like the Guts of the Virgin trilogy, which is something like that I like looked up to. And I and I just finally got to see the last part of that like a couple months ago because Steven from JAFMP sent me a file of the uh, the final film. And I was like, I was completely amazed. I was like, holy shit, this is just like, it's nothing like the other two films, but it's, I'm like, oh, I finally get to see the, the whole trilogy. Mm -hmm. And like, as like, I've gotten older, like there's certain films I've only gotten to see pieces of or something like that. And like, you know, when I read about these films and as DVD gets easier and easier and more accessible mm -hmm. and like cheaper, it's just like, oh, you can just, you know, find this shit everywhere. Yeah. So it's it's just, it's a great thing. Well, that, that is uh, one thing that kind of amazes me that, that, you know, if you're willing to pay, even at this point, that they're still, that like the bootleg people are in, are in business, that studios yeah. wouldn't just release everything to whoever wants it. You know, that whole th theory of like, the long tail business. Well, that there's somebody yeah. out there who will collect any film. So why have any film out of print? No, that's the truth. But the thing is, it's like, but the problem with that is that a lot of like rights holders and stuff like that, mm -hmm. like, um, like when a company releases a film, they have the rights for a certain amount of time. True. Um, and then either they can re up it or the rights or the, the rights holder can just pull whatever they have contract wise and say, okay, we're done. We don't, you know, if like the sales aren't the, what they want expecting or whatnot. So like, and then some films like, um, uh, like just some really obscure films that you would see on bootleggers tables that no one else has ever been released. Uh, like it's just because it's either the copyrights like so out of limbo that no one knows who owns it or it's just like, um, or just like the person just doesn't want to release it because they don't think the film's like good. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. they just want to keep it or it's been like destroyed and the only ones you can ever find are like the bootlegs and stuff like that. I have like a handful of bootlegs I haven't even watched yet. I bought them and then put them in the storage right before we moved here. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of upset because all my DVDs are way in the back of the storage storage <laughs> area. And I just don't want to climb back there to try to find them. So how many how many DVDs do you estimate you own? Uh, I, I, I don't count. I don't know because it's because the thing is, it's not all like legitimate like releases here from the states it's like region two region three mm -hmm. like i'll spend like i'll spend the money if i can find a better quality print of something or a better just a better dvd like the the creep show release that's out here in the states mm -hmm. is just garbage in on region two a couple years ago i think 2005 2006 they released this premiere two disc set with a proper restoration in proper widescreen because the one that came out in the states was um actually it was cropped full screen 
so just to make it look like a widescreen. Um, but this is like a proper one, but it's region two. And like, you have to have the right players. And like, as I've gotten older and, you know, more wiser with this crap, I buy the players where you can easily hack them. And, and I have like certain places where I can get region two or like you import DVDs for cheaper than they're supposed to pay for the normal things. It's like, you know, as a, I was, as a collector, it becomes like more and more insane you know, like I own like three copies of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Why do I own three copies of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? <laughs> Why like, do you own three copies of Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Well, because instead of taking all the special features from those three copies and make one nice three disc set, you have to buy the the two disc that came out the, the one that was in Best Buy this that Steelbook release, which has got all these really great special features, and the the copy is actually really good. And then there's a Panasonic release that came out a couple years before that, which has got a couple extra features on it that don't have any other one. And then the old DVD version that comes with the um, with that documentary that was done in the 80s, Portrait of a Family Revisited, which is on that, which is like you have to. So it's like I like having all the extras and all the other mm. crap. I don't know. I'm a weird collector like that. I like so, my, my wife doesn't particularly care for <laughs> my like right now. Like I have like over 20 DVDs sitting on the uh, on the table behind the, the computer. And, you know, that's just from living here. And we've only lived here for like four months. So it's like, it's really bizarre. Were you a Laserdisc no, guy I never, as well? I, I never got into Laserdisc. I did own a couple, but I never had a player for them. And I just kind of picked them up. I was like, oh, this is cool looking Laserdisc. I've never seen it. And sold it for, you know, twice the amount of money, whatever. Because there's still crazy people out there who buy Laserdisc. I just don't get it. Well, that's one of the things but you never, always hear. You always hear about like really good, you know, special features and interviews and stuff that were on Laserdisc that were never even repeated again. Like on DVD mm -hmm. versions. It's just like that on VHS. Like there's, I own two copies of Night of the Living Dead on VHS just for the features. Like um, one of them is, uh, is a round table with Romero, John Russo, Carpenter, Landis, and uh, I think that's it. And they're talking about the film. And it's just a round table, like a, four, like a, like a half an hour, 45 minute round table about them discussing the film. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, you'll never see that on anything else because... Whoever did it, they can't figure out who the rights are, and you can't just publish that onto a DVD because then you'll have people suing people. But like that's why I keep those around. Like, mm -hmm. um, like uh, what is it? House of the Devil just came out last week, right? The Ty West. Yeah, the Ty West film. Mm -hmm. Amazon. Like, did you hear how you hear what they were doing as a promotional tool? No. Um, they gave, they sent out VHS copies of House of the Devil to some film reviewers. In a proper, you know, in a proper clamshell with a, with a cover on it, with pretty much the same kind of cover that they had on the DVD. Yeah, the kind we like used to see as kids. You'd go into the store and just the big box art was right in your face, and you'd stare the, yeah, stand there staring, looking at the horror section for hours. Yeah, it's pretty much like that, um, and it's like a Gorgon release. It has the Gorgon label on the on the cover of the box, and they sent this out to people uh, like reviewers as a novelty, mm -hmm. and they said they and. When the reviewers asked, are you going to release this like with the DVD or something? They said, no, we're not going to do any of that. Well, Amazon, their bundle version of the film was the DVD and VHS. For the wow. same, for about the same price as you get for the just a plain DVD. And being a nerd like that, I actually bought it. <laughs> and when it came in, when it came in the mail this week, my, my wife and my mother-in-law are just looking at me like, do you have a VHS player? <laughs> like, <laughs> I have two. <laughs> They're in storage, but I have two. <laughs> They're like, would you have it on DVD? I'm like, I don't care. Can we get the storage? Like now it's like 11 o'clock. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a kind of a, something that's going on. I think in the film collecting world more now is like, you know, Best Buy will have a certain version of the new DVD and Target yeah. will have a new version. 
And each company, Amazon, will have their own twist. And, you know, if you're yeah. a real fan of that film, you know, you start looking. It's like, you know, buying comic books with different covers. Yeah. That's a, that's a big problem with that. Because, like, uh, with Iron Man, like, they had four different friggin' Every store had a different version of what the cover would look right. like or the box. Yeah. And it's just pretty much, which one do you like the most? Yeah. I have the one with the uh, the Iron Man head that opens up, I think. From Yeah, that's the one I picked up, too. Because I didn't like what they did with, like, it was just a plain box with Best Buy. And I think Amazon was the same. It's like, oh, God, I don't want that. I want something nice and cool. But it doesn't sit on your shelf right unless you have the plastic case. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right. For somebody who is is more of a mainstream person, why don't you give us a couple of films that everybody should see that they might not have seen before? Something a little off the beaten track. That, that like good uh, gateway films into more mondo or extreme stuff. Okay, um, pretty much a gateway film. To anybody who's into horror, um, I was just watching a film before we started this. Was uh, American Werewolf from London? Great, you know, it's it just it's a film that everybody talks about, but you know, like I haven't watched it since I was a kid, and I, I just I rewatched it earlier today, and I was watching it again just for the hell of it because the new release has got that documentary on it, the mm. Beware the Moon. Which is like worth the money on buying the re-release, even though the re-release is like they cleaned it up. It's a pristine print, but it's just—it's a classic film. It's a great gateway to get anybody who's not particularly sure about horror into horror because it's—it's it's a comedy, but it's more of a horror film than a comedy. It's not like Zombieland where it was a comedy with horror elements. This is a horror film with comedy in it. It's directed by one of the greatest comedy directors of all time. Or at least of the 80s and 90s, uh, 70s and 80s. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, one of the first movies as a kid that I remember made me laugh and made me genuinely scared in the same movie. Yeah. Like, the, not not laughing at it because it's, you know, bad rubber monsters, but laugh because it was funny. But, yeah. It, when it, he picks up a little Mickey Mouse doll, hello, David. You know, that was funny. And the whole the whole shtick with uh, Griffin Dunn, is it? The, the kill yeah. yourself stuff is priceless. Awesome. Yeah, I saw that when I was nine. I still remember it. Another film that would be a little more... I can I can jump right to the next, uh, to the most extreme. There's a film from a German director called uh, Yoga and Buterak called Necromantic. Um, <laughs> this is pretty much from one extreme to the next. Buterak, he does these kind of artsy kind of horror movies. Um, and the Necromantic series, two films that are out there, are about... Well, the first one's about this couple who are into necromanticy, I guess you can say. They, uh, they have sex with the dead. And... Um, the main character, he, his job is to clean up after, you know, pretty much incidents happen. You know, deaths, <laughs> um, car accidents, you know, clean, pretty much clean up the whole mess. One day at his job, he is able to acquire a full decomposed body. Um, and he, he somehow gets it out of the gets it out of there without no, anybody noticing, bringing it home to his, do- to his girlfriend. And they and do have a, a beautiful sex scene, with, a three-way sex scene with the corpse. Yeah, see, that just sounds nasty to me. I don't know that I it, want to watch that. It is, but it isn't because it's it's done. It's done very. You can tell that the directors like it's almost done amateurish, but it's it's done very well. Really, not that graphic. You would expect it to be more graphic when you hear people talking about it. The graphic stuff is more near the end of the film after his uh, girlfriend leaves. Pretty much breaks out with him and leaves with the corpse, and he <laughs> kind of spirals out of control to this uh, horrifying climax, which. Uh, Involves him masturbating with a knife. Oh Jesus God! Yeah, it's 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 a pretty brutal, but it's it's a it's an awesomely interesting film. The second film is like the the film love story, but for necromantics, which is uh, an interesting little concept. 
So, um, so another, Gord, huh? I think I yeah. actually remember the boxes for Necromantic on the shelf in yeah. Wairika. Oh, really? In the video store. Yeah, the, I totally the, the do. Cover, the main cover of the first one is a woman, in, you know, clad in, in a pretty much like lingerie, and the, the head of the corpse is like laying on her chest. And then in the second one, it's it's a woman straddled legs open with the corpse um, pretty much writhing around her crotch areas, like laying there. Pretty, you know, pretty interesting covers. They automatically get you to look at it and like, ooh. And those two those two films are very out of print. The, the company Barrel Entertainment released them. And then I've been I've had emails with people who have been trying to hunt them down. Like after I did the, after I talked about them on my show. And they've been finding them like on Amazon for like over like three four hundred dollars, and it's like oh, yeah, God. It's not, not worth it. It's it's if you can find torrents of it, I suggest you to do that. I mean, it's cool to have the DVDs, but it's still like yeah, I don't know. So it seems like you have a pretty you've got a pretty high tolerance. Is there a film that's just so fucked up that you're like, no, I'll never watch that? Again. No, not really. <laughs> really? Um, well, I'm doing it. I'm talking about grotesque tomorrow on my next show because I'm giving it away as a con uh, as a contest. I'm getting two copies of a, a grotesque away. And that's the new film that just came out last year. It was banned in Britain because of its extreme violence and whatnot. Um, and it's a pretty simple film. It's he's, This young couple gets abducted by this killer. The killer, the only reason the killer abducts them is because it gives him a sexual high. And it's pretty much them on metal gurneys being tortured for, you know, 70-something minutes. Yeah, you know, I have no desire to see that. Pretty much as brutal as possible, but it, it doesn't really turn me. I was watching it um, yesterday afternoon, like, in the middle of breakfast eating, you know, eating, like, a bacon sandwich. And I was like, hmm, this is good. <laughs> it's kind of like in the vein of, like, the hostile films and uh, the stuff that's been going on in the last couple of years. A director I, I looked up for my one-year anniversary that I kind of really grew up to like was uh, Richard Klein. Um, Richard Klein was a, uh, a fashion photographer. He did a documentary on Muhammad Ali uh, back in the day, which is probably one of the best boxing documentaries out there. And he did a film called uh, William it? Klein. Yeah, that's it. Um, a, was it Criterion released his box set called uh, the, Delicious, the Delirious Fiction of William Klein. I did a an overview of all the three films in it for my one-year anniversary, which I actually, the, la the last two shows I did, I didn't realize that I actually passed the two-year anniversary on my show. Hey, congratulations, uh, man. Yeah, I uh, technically, um, I think I'll be doing podcasting for five years in March, which is, you know, amazing. It's not, I mean, not five years in this show. Yeah, you previously um, was, had the another, Aristocrats, right? Yeah, I was part of a comedy show, which was, I guess you can call it comedy. Too bad it's, there's no rem remnants of it anymore. The guy, uh, my friend gave up hosting it and pretty much let it go under and let it go under so the film that William Klein did that I like that I try to host on everybody is called a film called Mr. Freedom and it's kind of his crazy take on the late 70s early 80s um, kind of over take on America like mm -hmm. he was an he's an American photographer who lives in France um, and so like a lot of his film stuff is kind of like that new wave like French new wave um, but with like American stamp on it but Mr. Freedom, he's a he's a vigilante who works for the government. Like he would be kind of like a fucked up Judge Dredd character because he's in France trying to Americanize France. So he's like having these these uh, these stores built up that only sell American products. And uh, the guy that he works for, the the main muckety muck, is Donald Pleasant. You know, and it's like the smallest role Donald Pleasant has ever been in, where he's he's only projected on a TV screen. He's only in the film for about 15 minutes, which is you know another reason why. I like these kind of films is because when they get these obscure actors, you're just like, oh, 
And it's just like, it's just this crazy, you know, this crazy guy who's working for the government, but everything he does is completely immoral and wrong, but he's doing it in the vein of freedom. And it's just, it's a, it's a crazy film. Like I, I've gotten a couple of people to really watch that. What else? I'll jump back in the horror. There's a film called uh, Darkness, the Vampire Version. It was made in the mid-90s. It was a direct VHS film. Uh, the guy who directed it, Leif Jonker, he's never really gotten anything else done in his life, uh, directing-wise. Like he's, he's done a bunch of trailers and stuff like that for other films, but the production's kind of gone out like last minute. So this is the only piece of film he's ever done. And it's a, it's a balls-out, gory-as-fuck vampire film where these this group of kids pretty much get waylaid at, in the middle of the night by uh, this main vampire who's slowly taking over their small town. And it's up to them to try to either escape, but as they're trying to escape, they realize that one of their best friends has been turned, and they have to go and try to find him and save him. It's just a violent, gory... like It's, it's low-budget, you can't tell, because they did so much work on trying to make it look proper. So, like, there's this great scene at the end where the uh, the friend who's become, like, the main bad guy, um, while the other the, the other main vampire is kind of roaming around, taking over people. And he's got this horde of undead kind of vampire-ass people. As the sun slowly starts to come up and everybody starts to uh, react to the sun, so their skin starts bubbling and puffing and popping. And the, their friend... Um, he starts freaking out and he starts ripping his clothes off. And as he's ripping his clothes off, he's ripping his skin and his ribs are exposed and he's just bleeding and flailing all over the place. It's just a really violent, epic, uh, beautiful film. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's beautiful in the fact that just how much blood and gore is sprayed throughout the film. I, I don't particularly mind those kind of films. I, I really like, you know, I like watching stuff where it's just like I try to push it. You know, it just doesn't feel right because I know it's a movie. You know, even like the films are like pseudo snuff films. Like um, like the August Underground films. I don't know if you've ever seen or heard of them. You know the yeah the old the only thing I've seen was the what is it uh, Blood and Flowers or something like that. Which uh, I saw Skinny Puppy one time, and yeah. uh, they were playing part of that the samurai vivisecting the girl. They were playing that behind the stage <laughs> while the music was going on. So that's, that's, a, that's an interesting play. Yeah, that's the that's but, the only um, one I'm familiar with, and even that was kind of shell shocking for me at that time. That know? just sounds messed up. I uh, that's pretty like uh, August Underground uh, Toe Tag Pictures, and I think they're out of Pennsylvania. They've done these three films. These two guys who are roaming around and they're videotaping their their actions, um, and it kind of caused a stir when the first came out because the uh, director slash producer slash like the guy who runs the, the company, he would send out these blank tapes to reviewers, you know, blank VHSs with no title on them, no cover. And, you know, just pretty much as if like these so two it would be like recording a, ostensibly like if they were real or something. Like that. Yeah. Essentially as if they're real. So to get like a really good buzz and the, these three films are kind of these, these killers roaming around killing people and they're pretty violent, pretty gory. But they're they're pretty fun just for the fact that the point of like how realistic it looks or, you know, even though it's low budget, it looks pretty realistic because it's all done on VHS and whatnot. It's made to look grainy. Um, I, I don't just not horror. I mean, there's some comedies and stuff like that I particularly prefer that I love. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Whitnell and I. Yeah, it's no. a British thing, isn't it? Yes. If I'm correct, I think it's the director who directed the, the Crying Game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Bruce Robinson. And it's about these two down-and-out theater actors. Pretty much, like, all they do is drink um, and not bathe proper English. And they're just looking for work. Um, 
the one with Nell is the more so, so, sociopathic, psychotic um, one. He's more of the alcoholic. And then the other character, I, who's the main person we're seeing the story from, from his eyes, what happens is that Whitnell's uncle kind of has an interest in I, and he decides, Whitnell decides to get them to borrow Whitnell's uncle's country home. And the place is run down, it's shot. And there's these two city boys living, going to the country to spend the weekend there just to kind of relax and detox and whatnot. And they have no idea what's going on. It's just kind of like a weird comedy. It's kind of really got a big cult following in Britain. Um, there's not a, many, a lot of people here in the States who kind of heard of it. It's just, it's an interesting picture. I can't really explain it because it's... it's you just got to see it. Where, well, yeah, you have to see it. It's 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 dark It's dark as all hell, but it, it works very well for what it does. Cool. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. I think you've given us a, a nice kind of cross-section of different stuff for folks yeah. to check out if they're interested. It sucks. I suck. <laughs> no, <it was> cool. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, let's hit another tune from Supersonic Soul Pimps. This one's for you, Vaughn. This is called Serious Cat. You're a meticulous cat, you never back down and down, you never back, that's a fact. Not down with the bull crap, it isn't what it isn't what it isn't, that's that. You're serious man, you got limited size and methodical plan, you never speak. When you speak to me, it's all about the business, but to get your point across. I want to play, I want to talk this way And that's 
ever feel cheated? Well, I have. Normally, when you do a promo like this, you're supposed to sit there and suck the shit out of yourself to tell people how great your show is and what you talk about and everything like that. I don't like doing these fucking things, but I've been pushed to do it. And if you don't know who I am, my name's Vaughn, and I run the podcast Motion Picture Massacre, and glad to fucking meet you. Every week or whenever the hell I have time to do a show, I review stuff that I like. Stuff that sits on my walls. Maybe comes in through my Netflix account. Horror movies, cult movies, fucking shitty B-movies, Italian action films, Japanese films, fucking anime, Ralph Bashke films, kid, you know, porno. I don't give a crap. Whatever you want to talk about. Whatever I feel like talking about, that's better. You know, if you want to check it out, it's motionpicturemassacre.com. All right, once again, that was Serious Cat from Supersonic Soul Pimps. Check it out Ooh. on The Return of Dr. Wonderbread, supersonicsoulpimps.com. So, multimedia triage, uh, what are you guys checking out this week? Man, I don't know. I started trying to watch that uh, Battlestar Galactica sequel, Caprica. <laughs> it's more like Craprica. <laughs> I'm going to give it another, uh, maybe another episode or two, but... I'm just having a hard time with that series. I, I really, really want to like it, and I kind of like the gangster angle of it, but there's just not enough of that, and it's a lot of just really moody high school girl, I don't know what. Yeah, I'm, I'm that was kind of what I thought, too. And, I mean, I was, by the end of Battlestar Galactica, I was almost glad it was over. And so yeah, I, I haven't had a lot of interest, and I, I saw, I think, one or two episodes of Caprica, and I was like, oh, fuck that. So but you know I, what is I on be now going back. that I'm digging, I'm so happy, is the new season of Top Gear, which I guess in our country, it's really last year's season of Top Gear, but we get it a year later or something. I don't know, because my DVR doesn't ever think it's a new episode, even though I've never seen it before. It's the first time it's on TV out here, but... It's great. They just did one where they uh, they tried to pick the perfect car for a seventeen year old. Check that show out. It's they absolutely just screwed one of the guys on the cast. <laughs> I'm not going to give anything away, but um, if you're into Top Gear, even if you're not into cars, watch it. It's awesome. I love that freaking show. Do you? Isn't that great? Yeah. I, I, did you I, see I, the one where they get the car for the the seventeen year old? I haven't watched the, the newest stuff yet. I haven't been able to sit down and watch it. I've been watching pretty much the back stuff that's on Netflix. Yeah, like I've gone through most of it, and I'm like, oh, I've seen this, but then I can watch it again. You still, and you still find it hysterical. Yeah, it's, it's, a, great, it's a great fucking show. It's really funny. I'm not even a big car guy, but I, I still watch it and I'm still freaking be mesmerized with some of the shit they pull out. Yeah, same here. I'm not a car guy. My wife is not a car girl. I like the second I mean, half. It's, it's a fun show to watch together. And... Second half is probably the best when they do either like the gags or the uh, the tests and what like that. Yeah, so I was watching one from. Season ten, I think it was, where they, uh, where the four of them, including the Stig, mm-hmm. they uh, they went from one part of London to the other part, and it was like um, one of them was on a bike, one of them was on a boat, one of them was driving, and the Stig was taking transit, was taking mass transit, <laughs> pretty much to see who would get there first. I think it was like London International or something. And the Stig's like all in his total racing gear with his helmet, yeah. sitting he's on the sitting bus. In the, he's sitting in the friggin' the train, just like not even talking, even not looking at anybody. And the thing is, what what happened was that the car actually was the last one to get there. The guy who was in the car was the last one to get there, and it, they were all pretty much really upset because the whole show is about cars. And like the guy who was on the bike was the first one. Then uh, 
I think it was a boat in transit, and the car showed up last, and they were so like, oh, crap, this is the end of Top Gear. Remember when they raced across London? They raced a guy who was a, a marathon runner versus a car. Yeah, the runner won. Or even, uh, or even what is it? The one where they uh, they had him drive and they had him racing against a guy going across the channel at like its lowest period. Yeah, yeah, and the guy who was walking across the channel in the mud and everything beat him. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I think they even did it with parkour people. I think the parkour guys won. <laughs> All right, and the other thing I'm looking forward to, I think it, I think it happens next week, is uh, a kids' movie, Lightning Thief. Oh, my it kid opens, has read uh, all the books. I've, by the time you hear this, it's open. Yeah, that's right. So it could be. I'm thinking it's going to be really fun in a uh, in like almost an old Ray Harryhausen movie kind of way. I'm hoping. It looks interesting. I didn't even read the book. My a friend of mine's been kind of really going off on it. I think he read the books. We sell a ton of them. It's been a very popular series. So. Yeah. I'm looking forward to they you know get... so, seeing something different than Harry Potter. Actually, yeah. I, they have to make up for the Harry Potter that they're not. It's either that or that fucking horrible other book. It's another one. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, book. I've one. been kind of. I, I haven't been doing too much this week. I uh, yeah. Speaking of something that pisses me off, it kind of pisses me off that nobody can make a product better than the iPod. Because I was actually, I was actually forced to give my money to Apple this last week because I was like doing all the why comparison shopping because the Zune sucks and the Creative Zen kind of sucks and it's not as good as the iPod Touch. So I yeah, if you want a, a big hard drive full of stuff, and Apple is yeah. it, man. But yeah, so now I'm you know I've sold out like a boss after all my bitching about Apple for years, but. Yeah. There you are. But uh, Drink the, the, the thing is, iTunes blows. You know, when you... When you, when so you, 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 you turn know, multimedia triage into what pisses me off. You buy an Apple product in, like, you're not just buying a product. You're, like, making a lifestyle change. Did you get the bumper stickers? Which is convenient, because <laughs> iTunes sucks dick. <laughs> See, I, I don't have problems with iTunes. Everybody says, everybody bitches and moans about iTunes. I don't have any problem with it. Okay, Here's the thing, when you're when you're trying to upload music, you can upload music either as genre or artist, but not by album. So if you have like seven albums from the same band, but some of them aren't as good as others and you just want one album, there's no way to do that. Is that right? Who fucking who? Who cares? Why do you want to Why do you do that? Podcast. Okay, so here's podcast. So I upload my podcast for the week, right? I delete uh, them as I listen to them. I go back right. and sync up and all that shit gets reloaded to my fucking iPod again. You can change that. Uh, I'll have to email you the, the, the schematic to get through that. Yeah, see, something like Apple that's supposed to be all simple and intuitive, it sucks that iTunes is so not. Well, that, that's Why can they not just simply drag and drop? That's the thing. Drag to me, drop. the last update they did was a little shitty. I have to, I'll agree with you there because um, it kind of fucked everything up, especially with, I, with the podcast. Like, I used to be able to make, like, a, a playlist and put everything on the playlist for podcasts I wanted mm -hmm. and then load it up, right? Mm -hmm. Now you have to go through, like, the podcast section on your on the update and select the, the file you want. It's like, oh, fuck, you guys could have... It's like, the, it was really simple, like, two or three updates ago. And then they did a big update and they kind of fucked it all up because they wanted to make it look pretty and, like, that's just, oh, Christ. I don't care about how it looks. Just fucking make me what... But it's like, I'd rather use that. I use a Mac, and I'm not a huge fanboy of Apple, but I like their products. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you look at all the other MP3 players out there, like any of those little portable ones, they're all shitty, and it's like, you have to use RSS, and it's like, so much easier. Like, Zoom's a piece of shit, because it looks like a brown turd, 
I don't care what you say. It looks like you're carrying around a chocolate bar. <laughs> well, I my know, main problem actually, is, you know, the Zoom's just smaller. It's half the size, and yeah, you know, and you're and you're dealing with iTunes basically because there's the, the Zune has their own proprietary software, so you're still dealing with the same thing, but yeah. without the accessibility because nobody fucking uses Zoom. Yeah, no. That does. said, I just actually got an I email ju- today that I actually got an email today that somebody must have submitted my uh, podcast on the Zune Marketplace. Everybody got that, but check this out: the Bone Bat shows the number thirty-one podcast on there. I, 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 <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Even, I, I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, great! I'm never going to use this." <laughs> but the, the other thing, so that was why I went with the Creative Zen before, was that you could you can drag and drop. It's totally independent of any software, so you don't have to deal with that. But in the end, when that started crapping out, it just made sense to go to iTunes. The other thing yeah. that's fucked up is okay. So I've got the the Nike shoes with the chip in them. Oh, so, so when you get up in the morning, you go for a run. It's pretty slick. You turn on the iPod, and you're carrying it with you, and basically it, it documents your whole run. You get back, you sync it, it uploads the run with all the information to it, all charted out, kind of cool. Okay. Today, this morning, it lost my fucking run. <gasps> and not a big deal in the scheme of things, I guess, but there's no way to manually, manually enter it because they do these like worldwide challenges so if the people might fake it if they can manually enter it. Uh, so you can't yeah. just opt out of the worldwide challenge and enter your own stuff? Exactly. I could give a fuck about anybody else's running. The only person I care about is my own. Yeah. So, you know, that to me is stupid. Why not just have, okay, so have it be asterisked? So if it's like a challenge thing, if it's entered manually, it's got an asterisk by it. And you know that uh, you can't count on that stat. Sure. I mean, it seems like a simple enough fucking thing, but I go on the forums like, how do I get my run back? And it's gone because there's no way to... uh, All right, McGuire, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway. Um, And you're that asshole who is running past the lake as the guy's paddling. Yeah, you're you're scaring the ducks. No, I'm I'm quiet. Scaring the heron. Because your shit's all fucked up. But the cool thing, I stumbled across a game. Actually, Lano from uh, Sarcastic Gamer told me about this game. It's called The Creeps. Very cool little iPod game. It's like a, yeah. kind of like Zombies, Plants vs. Zombies, where basically yeah. there's a little boy in a bed, and you have to use tower defense to keep the monsters from getting him. <laughs> so much cool. fun, and it's like only two bucks. They should do another version of that, except instead of monsters, it's like priests and Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and the, the other thing I've did, we've been watching seasons three and four of Weeds this week, which is sort of entertaining. Not as funny as uh, season two. Season two was pretty hilarious. And yeah. kind of it's getting more serious, so it's, it's still wa- definitely watchable, but I don't like it quite as much as uh, Yeah, I gave two, up so. season one. So, Oh, well, you didn't even get to the good season. Season two Apparently is way not. better than season one. <laughs> anyway, so that's kind of what uh, I've been doing this week. What have I been doing? Oh, Lost started last week. Are you a Lost guy? On? What? Yeah, this is the last season. Oh, okay. I had Jeez, no idea you were a Lost guy. Huge thing. I listened to three freaking Lost podcasts. <laughs> and the first opener, like, blew the fucking roof off. And I actually missed tonight because I was I was playing video games. Well, I'll get into that, too. Because I was I was playing, uh, what the fuck? I was playing Modern Warfare 2. Oh, great game. I don't care. <laughs> I just got the P90. Finally got the P90. Playing, that you, weapon is great. Multiplayer? You're playing multiplayer, right? Yeah. No, that's why. I'm just playing the campaign because I'm borrowing it from my brother. And I'm like, eh, this isn't that great. Like, because I'm playing that in a bad company. Yeah. 
just so I can play it before the set, the new one comes out. And I'm liking the Bad Company more than Modern Warfare. And it's pretty much the same kind of, you know, it's not as modern as Modern Warfare. You're in Germany, you know, like a ragtag group. I think I like the storyline a little better in in Bad Company than the than Modern Warfare 2. Because I, like, I tried to listen into those, you know, and they do the loading. They play the, the cutscene in between the loading, in between each mission. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, and it's just a lot of jargon. Even with the, the, the text scrolling up top, I'm still like, what the No, the, the, the story in Modern Warfare 2 is crap. Yeah, I'm like, I can't get into it. Like, that's the thing. I'm like, I, I kind of have to have a game that kind of has a little bit of a story to it that I can kind of get into. Like, um... What the hell I just beat? The friggin' the ODST, the the hit last Halo game? Yeah. I took a long time. Like, I played the game up until a certain point. I got sick of it. Like, because I was playing it, like, pretty much every day for, like, three hours. And I got sick of it. So I stopped. And then, just, like, two or three days ago, I finally beat the last part. And I was like, that really wasn't that green. I was like, <laughs> I was like they were touting this up, touting this up, touting this up. Like, oh, it's going to be, like, a, a crime detective story, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, it's not. You, oh, great. You find this, and you somehow get transported to that section of the world and play in that area oh okay like and with what was it with bad company it's pretty much like you and these three other ragtag um military guys who are in bad company that's what the 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 platoon that they work in it's like we're all the rejects the people that they pretty much can't get rid of them so they put them in this in this company and you're with these three other guys you know the old black sergeant who's like got two days till he gets gets to leave. You know you I'm the, getting the too old for wife. this shit. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what the character <laughs> is. He's like, I'm gonna be on a boat in two days. You got the you got the two guys who are constantly either bitching at each other and making wisecracks, and then you, even though you're like the silent guy, but you're the one who's telling the whole story of everything. Like, um, story and I'm pretty told much, by a mute, huh? Well, no, you, like in the cutscenes, they they have him talk. Instead of just like in like ODST where you're just silent and shaking your head or, you know, shaking your head up and down or left or right or kind of like doing the I don't knows when somebody's asking you a question. And this at least like in the cutscenes, he's at least explaining things that are going on, you know, and trying to relay the story. So it's like, okay, you got a in the character's got a name. It's not like in the Ghostbusters game where it's like, oh, you know, your character is unknown because no one wants to get to know your name because you'll be dead before the end of the before the end of the week. Which just kind of drives me nuts, those freaking games where you're just like, oh, I'm unknown, unknown lone soldier number six, and I'm going to revolutionize the world. I don't know. It just drives me nuts. But in this, like, there's one scene in the game where you get through this whole thing, and you're, like, chasing after these German uh, trucks. They're filled with gold, supposedly. Ah, the old German gold ploy. Yeah. And they go (laughs) into, like, this neutral part of this country, and we can't really do anything. We're not supposed to invade this part because they're neutral. And all of a sudden, you see one of the the wisecrackers, the the two the two hicks. One of them is just running, like with his gun, shooting, like he's screaming, like yeehaw, like as he's shooting down the down the hill. And you know, and the black uh, sergeant is about to retire. He's just like slapping himself in the forehead. He's like, oh Jesus Christ! And then the the whole the round starts with that, where you have to go in and try to save him because he's just dumbingly run into a neutral zone, shooting everybody in sight. I don't know. I think it's great. Yeah, um, sounds cool. It is. It's good. I can't wait for the second one. Actually, no. That and um, I don't know why, but I, I just I played the demo that came out on 360, and I just didn't like it because it was just a strictly multiplayer demo. And by the time I downloaded and played it, everybody who was playing it 
you know how that is when you get like a demo like that. Everybody's already like figured out all the, the ins and outs of it. Yeah, you go so into the, the multiplayer game and you get just bitch slapped. Yeah, just killed you constantly. <laughs> As you, like you get up and you get the you you get your gun, you get your sight, boom, dead. Fuck. <laughs> it's like that's why I don't like the modern warfare games because if I jumped into friggin' multiplayer now, I'd get annihilated. Yeah, that's kind of how it is with me. I, I suck at those things to begin with, and then. You know, once people have, you know, even more of a drop on you, it's it's over. But I did pick so. up Dante's Inferno today, so we're going to give that a spin. Oh, that came out there? You've yeah. been jonesing for that for a long time. Yeah, I've got a big old boner for that game. been kind of on the fence with that. I played the demo, and I thought the demo was like, you know, God of War meets... Uh, well, that's God exactly what it is. It's God of War for the 360, which there is no yeah. God of War for the 360. So if no, you, you want that fix, I think this might be the game. Mm, okay. I don't know. The one game I'm really looking forward to is Just Cause 2. Yeah. Did you guys ever play the first one? I don't one? even remember Just Cause 1. Oh, uh, well, it was a couple. It was like, I think it was like around the beginning of the uh, the 360. Because I, I remember playing it on like a, a port for Xbox because I didn't have the 360 yet. Because I'm one of those guys who doesn't go out and buy the system automatically because I know they're going to be <laughs> shitty bugs and everything's going to get fucked. <laughs> like, like, like the 360. I mean, like, Still, they're still selling them now where it's like, you know, six months in and you keep the thing on for more than 24 hours, it's going to break on you. It's not like those old Nintendos where you can keep them on for days and days and cook a grilled cheese sandwich on them because they're so damn hot. <laughs> yeah. All right. So filthy All jokes. Right. Filthy jokes. <laughs> I got nothing on this, so. All, All right. right. No you thing. are the filthy joke. It's okay. Pretty much. <laughs> well, I got one for you, Vaughn. One morning, a mailman calls on one of his regular customers to deliver a package. And he's surprised to see a white bed sheet with a hole in the middle hanging up in her living room. The housewife explains that they had a party the night before where they played a parlor game called Who's Who, in which each of the men puts his junk through the hole and the women try to guess the identity. Gee, that sounds like fun, said the mailman. Sure wish I had been there. You should have been, said the housewife. Your name came up three times. (laughs) Good one, good one. Yeah, that's good. All right, so a husband... Tired of his wife asking him how she looks, buys her a full-length mirror. And this does little to help, because now she just stands in front of the mirror, looking at herself, asking him how she looks, still. <laughs> One day, fresh out of the shower, she's yet again in front of the mirror, and now she starts complaining that her breasts are too small. So the husband comes up with a suggestion. He says, look, honey, if you want your breasts to grow, then every day you got to take a piece of toilet paper and rub it between your breasts for a few seconds. <laughs> So she looks at him skeptically, but she's willing to try anything. So she gets a piece of toilet paper, stands in front of the mirror, starts rubbing it between her breasts. She goes, how long will this take? Oh, they'll go slightly larger every day over a period of years, he replies. The wife stops. Why do you think rubbing a piece of toilet paper between my breasts every day will make them grow over the years? The husband shrugs. Why not? It worked for your ass. (laughs) That's a classic. It's an oldie but goodie. It is, yeah. It's perfect for Valentine's Day. It's a, it's, it's a love joke. It is. It's all about the love. What the fuck's up with Hershey's kisses, dude? That's not enough. I need a Hershey's blowjob. <laughs> the Hershey Hummer. Oh, no. That sounds too much like the Hershey Highway, I think. <laughs> I think like that might be Hershey's tits. Well, you know what's cool about this year, though, is that Valentine's Day is the day before President's Day. So I can just come yeah. to bed on the evening of the 14th wearing nothing but a Lincoln beard and a top hat. 
<laughs> it's going to be fucking oh. hot. Wait till I whip out my presidential staff. Your Lincoln log? <laughs> oh, shit. All right, our normal bullshit. I would like to thank Supersonic Soul Pimps for letting us play their music. Again, supersonicsoulpimps.com. Check out Return to Dr. Wonderbread, available on the 14th. Uh, did you know that I had a whole growler of or African Amber from Mac and Jack's left after the Super Bowl? I did not know And that. there's not very much of it left. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. I'm slowing down a little bit. Indeed. And Who thank you, Vaughn. Think, Vaughn. Thanks for joining us, man. Where can we find your shit? Let me plug one thing before I plug mine. Uh, Douchecast5k.com. Check that out. Uh, first and foremost. Uh, I don't think I've said it on this show, but I'm a proud member of the Douchecast Podcasting Network. Co-founder of the Douchecast Podcasting <laughs> Network. Also, if you want to hear me rambling um, without Gordon Steve behind me, we'll be you here. can check me out at motionpicturemaster.com. What? Huh? Who? Huh? Fuck right. Speak up, Grandpa. Right. You can find my weekly cartoon at mightywombat.com, my monthly column at davislifemagazine.com, and you can follow me on Twitter, if that's your thing, at mighty underscore wombat. I tweet both ways. You can find me on Twitter. I'm Bonehand. Uh, new content on bonehand.com every Sunday. Also, you can join our forums, but nobody ever does. If you like what we do, give us a review on iTunes, vote for us on Podcast Alley, or even better, tell a friend. Once again, That's we're going to go back to Investigated by Supersonic Soul Pimps. This is Steve. Yay. And this is Gord. And this is Vaughn. Goodbye. Bye. Prejudice and greed.
I, I want to see how this thing is put together because this sounds this you know this show is such quality. 